Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Welcome to the show, everyone. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here. I'm a certified financial planner. Big Al Clopine, he's a CPA. We're back again, Alan. Another week, huh? Back again. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this week because we got lots of good stuff to talk about. We do. Yeah. <laughs> Tons. And you're just going to have to stay tuned to see what it is. Uh, it's just been a, just a whirlwind week here yes. of just activity. Yeah, it has. It's just... Well, I'm not sure where we should take this show. So many directions, Joe. So many, so got, many places we could go. I, I got so many things about retirement that you got to be aware of. I got, I got some new tax planning strategies. I got some pros and cons of retiring in your 70s, and I got, um, I don't the know, pros I, and cons of retiring in your 70s. Yes, right. Okay. So there's. Well, what's the con? You're still working in your 70s. <laughs> Oh, the pro to... is that you, you you have a little bit of income. You, well, uh, and you have some. Yeah, the pros are you get to save more money. We've talked about that, oh, sure right? You're, you're I, not you know, spending. You're, you're not spending, right? So you can save up to twenty four thousand dollars in your four hundred one k or four hundred three b, and um, you might have a match from your employer. So and you can also put sixty five hundred dollars in your IRA or Roth IRA. So you can save a lot more, and of course, the corollary to that is you're not spending, so you have more years for your um, your nest egg to grow. Working longer may be good for your health. I would right? agree with that because if it's it gives a you stimulation gives of you the some, mind, some purpose, and so forth. And then, and th- this this one, <laughs> it's true. You have a shorter retirement to fund because you're going to die sooner. Yes. Yeah, that's. But you know, here's the here's the cons. It could be bad for your health. If yeah, you have a stressful job. Yeah, if I'm working in the coal mines. Yeah, it could be terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Plus, you got less time to enjoy your retirement while you were younger, right? And, uh, well, you might pay a lot of taxes because if you're working in your 70s, you still have to take your required minimum distributions. So all of a sudden, your not tax necessarily. income. Not necessarily. There is a workaround on that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And that is if you have a 401k with your company. And you're less than a five percent owner. Uh, you can you don't have to take RMDs out of that plan. And if that plan allows you to roll old 401ks or even your IRAs to that plan, you can actually avoid it. Well, what's the average age right now? People retiring. Well, what we've you heard, know the stats. Yeah, what we've heard recently is 64 for men, 62 for women. But interestingly enough, if you talk to to people that are still working, when do you think you're going to retire? That keeps going up. Now it's around 66. Yeah, but then we we still know that half of people are forced into early retirement. We do, we sure do, and, and, and that's because. Big. And then here's what all these studies, you know, I read too many of them. I'm over them. I'm over them. <laughs> You're done reading them because it's like, oh god, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, the baby boomers are going to have to work at least until seventy, and then on the flip right. side of that argument is that, well, since the baby boomers are still working at age seventy. There's no jobs for the younger generation because they're still working. So they're hogging them. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. hogging all the jobs. Right. right. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, and huh. you know that um, the that this student loan issue that you know c- people coming out of college yeah. they have all these you know large right. student loans. Right. It's going to make a housing crash. 
I read that too. Oh, it, because they can't afford homes. Oh, yeah, because they just have to pay off all the student loans. Sure, yeah. You know, so, well, as everyone's always predicting something. You know, I actually had uh, I sat down with one of our associates at our work, and I was talking about student loan debt, and he's got about forty thousand, uh, which is you know probably about average. It's a lot of debt, but his brother has debt of about one hundred eighty thousand because he went to private school, private college. I don't know. How do you ever get out of that? What's his brother doing? Uh, he's he. Fortunately, he majored in finance or business. I'm not sure what he's doing. So there is some hope, but man, that's a big hole to get out of, right? And oh. you and I have talked about this before, and I think we both agree that uh, part of the reason why college is so expensive is because you, so can, you can borrow money, right? right? And so now the colleges are, are charging more. The administrators and professors are being paid more. I, I, I hope I'm not pissing off anybody, but anyway. I, I think, well, I mean, I, I agree that professors should be paid I do, um, significantly. I, I do, too. It's it's a great profession. And teachers and, and everything absolutely. else. Absolutely. Yes. But now we've, now, but, but what we've done is we have our, our the younger generation uh, Yeah, but I don't think debt. because of all that tuition increase is going to the professors. It's, it's going to everything. Right, but I... Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I actually know a college professor in um, University of Wisconsin, and he's, he's high up in the, um, he's like an astrophysicist, and you talk to him, you don't even understand what he just asked you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he was telling me when I could understand him, he was saying they, they actually make more, more money on patents than they do on tuition. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because if you work in the college, as a professor in the college, whatever you discover is property of the college. Got it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So Astrophysicist, think, huh? Yeah. You're hanging out with the highbrow, you're highbrow, huh? Big, big time, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I remember his, his wife uh, one time, I guess he was, um, she was at, at a store shopping and it was, she was buying something that, you know, required assembly and the and the gal goes oh don't worry about it you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this and she goes uh well my husband is <laughs> i mean if they don't have a box with a picture of the end result there's no way i could put it together yeah i, I agree with you you know I, you, you read these words and you might as well be reading spanish i, I bought an end table you know yeah i'm like ikea yeah <laughs> you would think okay there's Here's a, how many, a, a how top. Many, how many choices could there be? Four legs. <laughs> I mean, in these, you know, the screws, they're not normal screws. There's yeah. these weird, oh, yeah, whatever. That, that's why I get Mike Benier over. Yeah, but you know. And then about, like, he puts together all my furniture. Oh, he does? Yeah, it's, it's all cheap stuff. <laughs> and without a doubt, six months. It breaks. Oh, your, your chair is, your, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of kitty wampus. <laughs> kitty wampus, that's a good word. Yeah. Is that a Minnesota well, word? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, you know, Alan, um, I had I ran a, a little mini triathlon. I know. Last weekend, how'd last you weekend. do? Were you in the top? What top? Can, can I, let me tell you something. Okay. There, right, and I didn't really train for it because it's a mini try, right? You yeah. do a five thousand or five hundred meter swim, yeah. something like that. Yeah, okay. I think it's like a, maybe a twelve mile bike ride and a five okay. k. Okay, cool. Right, so nothing. Yeah, too crazy, it's, but it's still doable. But that's still a good challenge. Yeah, there's something there. Right? Yeah, right. So, yeah, get up 5 o'clock in the morning yeah. right, on a Sunday. Right. And it's like, all right, let's do this. So I it, I, I have a wetsuit, right. but I haven't worn it in a year. Right? <laughs> oh, Since the last you, time I, I did this. I think it was say 10 years. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and it was, it, I, I guess, I don't know how to take care of a wetsuit because I only wear it, like, maybe once or twice a year. Right. And um, maybe there, there's some certain treatment that you have to put on it, maybe wash it off because maybe the salt or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, 
So it's all crumpled up in a ball. Okay. I grab it out of my closet, right? Yeah. Grab that, put right. it on my arm, grab my bike, and yeah. out the door I go. Right? Piece of cake. Yeah. So we get there, and so, you know, get my bike set up, and then I'm like, all right, well, here, we suppose we got to get ready for the swim. Yeah. So the swim, bike, run. And so I'm like, all right, so I put my wetsuit on, and then I'm putting it on over my shoulder, and I just rip it. <laughs> just rip. Really? And I, and I, so I got this big hole, like, right in my armpit. Okay? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I should wear this. Yeah. And what I'm wearing underneath is pretty embarrassing. Is that right? Yes, because I don't have bike shorts. Right? I don't like, you know, a little cushion in your butt. Yeah, right. But I do have, because Peer Financial Advisor sponsors this tri-team up in San Diego. Yeah. And so they gave me, as a joke, this, like, leotard. <laughs> Right? So that's what you had underneath? That's what I had underneath. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't wear the leotard. So, so you have to wear the ripped suit. I've got to wear the ripped wetsuit. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I should be wearing this wet rip suit or <laughs> the ripped wetsuit. Yeah. So I said, whatever. I don't care. I don't have any goggles. Right. So you can tell how prepared I am. <laughs> so I forget the goggles. So, yeah. so the swim, I go, I'm going to kill the swim. Right. <laughs> Soon as I get in the water, boom, 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 boom. I mean, this whole thing <laughs> fills up with water. Up. You're sinking to the I'm bottom. I'm sinking. You're trying it's to get like, out of this Oh, my thing. God. It's like I it's am like, like unhitch the plow. have to be Houdini underwater. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know. Do I need a swim buddy? <laughs> I might need some help. <laughs> yeah. Where's the lifeguard? This, this, I could die. Oh, I don't have goggles. And all of a sudden, I j- and then it's getting in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my oh, God. Boy. I feel like I'm 400 pounds. I'm just trying to lift my arms. It's just filled with water. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, we made it through the swim. You did right? with, oh. the, with the suit on, B- barely. Yes, yeah. and I'm just, I just ripped the whole thing off like Hulk when I get out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and I was thinking about taking it off while I'm swimming. Sure, yeah, Not right. But yeah. I, then I'm trying to unzip it. Yeah, the disaster. Yeah, total disaster. <laughs> so I get on my bike. I haven't been on my bike in probably a year, right? My right. road bike, but right. I did get it tuned up. I got my you know tires filled. Yeah. And then, so I took it for a test drive when I got my tires filled. I went up and down my driveway once, right? So that's good practice. So sure. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I can't get the thing out of first gear. So it is like, click, 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 click. <laughs> and I'm pedaling so fast, dude. It was unbelievable. If they would have count my pedal stroke, it was you're, like you're I gonna, did like 400 would, miles. It would have been a record. It would have been a record. <laughs> and people are looking at me, it's like, click, 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 click. And I'm just like, <laughs> Oh my! Oh, that, they got, they're thinking. Oh, that was the guy with the ripped wetsuit. Yeah. yeah, and then they were like, "Oh, you can do it." I think they thought like maybe I was. You know, might be, it, have, have some something mental. Yes, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Anyway, but I did. I, I beat Baneer, so you I did. still beat Mike. So, so I think so. you weren't in the top ten. I was not in the top ten percent. No, no, sir. <laughs> Great workout, though. Yeah, I yeah. Can so imagine. it was like I swam with, swam you know, with someone, yeah, someone on my back. <laughs> Ride a bike in first gear. First gears. Yeah, I, I did a different type of triathlon. You sure did. Oh, this is a financial show. Sorry about that. I just had to get that off my chest. So if story. anyone's looking at my scores, that's that's the reason. So you already have the excuse. All right, we got to take a break. A little uh, beating up the clock here. Uh, when we get back, I got some questions for you. I want to talk about home equity. How you can tap into that to create some income uh, and a lot more. Don't go anywhere. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial uh, planner. I'm with Alan Clopine. He's a CPA. Uh, check us out on iTunes, uh, Your Money, Your Wealth. You can subscribe to our podcast there. Your Money, Your Wealth right there on iTunes. And... Um, Hey, I want to get into. I was supposed to do a webinar on Friday. Yes, with the co-director of the American College. 
Okay. Right. So uh, this was going to be the reverse mortgage one, right? Yeah. Just kind yeah. of tapping into home equity. Sure. Oh, yeah. Got everything set up, ready to go. Yeah. A lot of happened? great content. Yeah. Yeah. The technology. Because I yeah, I saw you just sitting in your office. Just I was waiting, waiting, <laughs> just waiting for things to happen. That's what I do all day. I just wait for things to happen. <laughs> I'm a real go getter. <laughs> Hey guys, when you're ready for the webinar, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm here yeah. waiting. Yep. Um, but yeah, we had some technical difficulties, so we're going to postpone that okay. uh, for a couple of weeks. Bummer. Okay. But I do have some stats here because I was prepared for this. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what you got. And um, because the the bottom line is that there's a lot of times, you know, people will think of all right. Well, I don't. Know, there's a psychological thing. Well, anything with money and finance, right? Is that well? I really don't want to tap into my equity because that's the you know almost like a last resort, right? So there's different ways to look at this, and we're going to talk a little bit about reverse mortgages because they have changed that. Uh, there's good and bad, and with, with any strategy, so you just have to understand kind of what you want to get into yeah. uh, to make really good decisions. Sure. But there was a survey that was done, and they said, in uh, 88% of the respondents had thought about where they will live in retirement. So a lot of people are thinking, okay, am I going to move? Am I going to stay in the house? Am I going to downsize? Am I going to go into a home or whatever? So a lot of people are still thinking, okay, I have this home. What do I do? Right? Do I tap into the equity? Do I not? Do I move? Do I cash out? Do I rent? Uh, 83% said they wanted to live in their current home as long as possible. And I think we see that's fairly true. We, we do. In fact, I think a lot of people think they're going to downsize or move somewhere when they retire, and the stats are overwhelming that people stay in their home. Right. So uh, most people, right, high percentage wants to stay in the home. And then the, the next question was, is, you know, have you ever considered how you will use your home equity in retirement? I mean, if you're going to stay in the home, sure. do you want to potentially tap into that? 44% said they have considered it. 56 said they had not considered their home equity. Okay. So, um, roughly 20% listed leaving the home as a legacy asset was extremely important to them. So only 20%, I thought it would be a little bit higher than that. Sure, okay. Because a lot of individuals that we talk to say, well, no, the home, you know, we want to keep that and, you know, yeah. pass that on to the kids. You are right. That's the standard thing we hear is, you know what, the money that I've saved, that's going to be for our retirement, but the kids will at least get the home. Right. And then, so I think my bad as an advisor, certified financial planner doing this for almost 20 years, I just kind of assume that that's what most people wanted because maybe I've heard that 20% sure. of the time. Right? Yeah, right. But then here, 50% said it wasn't important at all. Oh, you're kidding. Right. Really? So it's like, okay, well, here, well, I have this home. I have some equity. Are those the ones with no kids, though? Probably. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's a pretty high percentage. <laughs> a pretty high percentage. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, well, let's take a look at some home equity income solutions because okay. there's individuals that are a little bit short on savings. They sure. might have some equity in the home here in Southern California yeah, that's where we're broadcasting this right now. Pretty common. Um, a lot of you have um, some large equity in your home. So you could sell the home and downsize, right? You could, uh, let's see, live with family. That'd be fun. Sure. Right? You could do a sale or lease back. Okay. Um, you could do some home sharing. How about okay. that? Sure. Huh? Um, so if you want to just age in place, this is under the category age in place. Age in place. Okay. Yeah. So home sharing is number home one sharing. there. So that's uh, what? That's Golden, Gear, Golden Girls. Yeah, right. Bring in roommates. Yeah, you've yeah. seen the Golden Girls, oh, sure. right? Yeah. So yeah, that's you... your favorite show, isn't it? Yeah, every every Saturday. Branch? I, I, yeah, I binge watch <laughs> 25 episodes every Saturday. <laughs> Can't get it up. I've been wow. through all eight seasons 100 times. <laughs> 
Oh, man. You can get a traditional line of credit or you can uh, take a look at a uh, reverse mortgage. So home sharing, I don't know. I don't know if that's as popular today. Yeah, I don't think so. I haven't really <laughs> seen that. I, I, I've not seen it either very much. So home sharing is usually or mostly used uh, by senior women. So okay. hence, I guess that's where the Golden Girls come from. Got it. Um, it's, but it's, here's some pros. It's a good way to get companionship. Uh, for seniors with home uh, and increase or decrease your, um, or you can decrease your expenses there because you're sharing sure. expenses with, you know, your friends. Well, I mean, it does make sense, but can you imagine a bunch of old guys living together? I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't think Well, isn't happen. that the odd couple? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no reason for a long-term care policy. You just put like six ordinary men in a, six, in six a house dudes. together. <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw a bottle of booze in there and see who survives. Yeah, Ralph's not doing very well. Let's just let's shut the door and, and gas him out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Uh, there are 4 million uh, women over the age of 50 live in a house with at least two um, other 50-plus women. Oh, okay. Well, you know, my mother's back in town from Minnesota. Yeah, so I think she'll, that's what I'm she'll live with do. you for a while. Oh, God. Well, I'm not a 50-plus-year-old woman. I have to tell her that. We're not home sharing here, mother. <laughs> this is, your home is her vacation yeah, rental. I, I know. It's like, oh, I just love your house. I'm, I'm, this thing's up for sale. <laughs> I'm moving. I am definitely moving. You're moving to a one-bedroom condo. Yeah. Of course, she's still coming now. What's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, exactly. Be, and I'll have be, to sleep, on, sleep the couch. on the couch. Yeah. That's what happened before when I had like a studio. <laughs> I slept on the couch. She's like, oh, I love your studio. Yeah. It's just so urban. It's so nice. I could just walk everywhere. All right. So then I move into the suburbs. Oh, I just love your house. And, and like there's hills, right? Right. So I'm like, well, she's going to have to walk like three miles to get some coffee. <laughs> she, she won't stay it's that gonna long. Be tough. It's going to be tough. Didn't no, she out. figures out the bus routes. She's oh. got Uber. She's got everything. Yeah, once you figure out Uber, you're <laughs> self-sufficient. I know. And then I put Uber on her phone. How yeah. stupid am I? Yeah, your account, right? Yeah, my yeah. account. Yeah. So. And then I was doing my family summit or my financial summit, and then it's like, all right, well, here, $20,000 in Uber charges. Why, why are the expenses so high this <laughs> why, month? Why, why is my Uber expense God, I, 20 grand? I don't remember having Uber in Minnesota. Oh, God. Oh, man. But um, I got to get to this reverse mortgage because there's a couple of different things uh, that have changed, all right? Okay, what, what are they? And we don't really have a lot of time in this segment to do it, but uh, so what's the issues with the reverse mortgage? Home um, equity has not always been part of the retirement income discussion, right? So people are like down, downside or not poo-pooing, I hate that word, but that's yeah. people are dealing with, with reverse well, mortgages. A, a lot of people, they sort of take their equity as the, as the final resort in case something goes wrong. So l let me take a break, and then when we come back, um, I want to dive into just a couple of different strategies that maybe some individuals might want to consider, and it's not necessarily for the last resort. Right? These you, you could be extremely wealthy. You could, you know, maybe it is the last resort. Uh, but there's different things when you combine. Uh, like Alan and I, for years, have talked on this show when it comes to tax planning with your investments, estate planning, and so on, is, is taking certain strategies and combining them to get the optimal result. And if you just look at one thing in a silo or in a bubble, it, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You're like, well, no, that doesn't make sense for me. But if you add X, Y, and Z to it, then it's like, oh, now I can see how that makes sense to my specific situation. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB. 
Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clothesline. He is a CPA. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Go to iTunes if you'd like to get our podcast, uh, Your Money, Your Wealth, right there on iTunes or all the other um, places you can get uh, podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you are a technical genius, are you? Stitcher or something? Stick, I don't know, whatever. Just go to your just get an iPad app. iPad app is what I'm trying to say. How about if I don't have an iPad? Uh, or your um, Android. Either yeah, one. Just go to whatever. Or just go. <laughs> just ask someone. Just ask someone else that knows how to find it. <laughs> uh, we're talking some um, home equity, using your home equity to, to create some income, to help supplement some income. Yeah, and I, Joe, I think that's an important topic because a lot of people in Southern California, it's uh, they find it challenging to save for retirement because cost of living is high, but yet they got a home. They got a lot of equity, and uh, so how do you take advantage of it? Well, let's first talk about uh, the reverse mortgage, or HECM, Home Equity Conversion Mortgage. It's a non-recourse loan, all right, first of all. You pay for insurance uh, from FHA or HUD, multiple distribution options that you can have, which I think a lot of times people don't understand. Right. You can get a 10-year lump sum. You can get a line of credit. The line of credit is seen as most favorable um, from financial planners. All homeowners uh, or homeowners must be uh, age 62, can have non-borrowing spouse under age 62, uh, mortgage does not need to be entirely paid off. All right. right. Yeah, because you can uh, use a lump sum to pay it off. Right. So let's say if I have a mortgage, I can do a reverse mortgage and uh, not have my mortgage payment anymore. Right. Right. And so then that could free up whatever that mortgage payment was, $1,200 sure. a month or something sure. like that. Um, do, uh, let's see, it, the, the loan is due when you uh, stop using the home. Uh, so if you sell the home or when you pass away, move out, die, Go to a nursing home, sell the home, or whatever. Right. Okay. So those are just a couple of different uh, tidbits there. And, but the, the, what people, the, the loan is still there, though, right? It's yeah. just your equity then is reduced. Yeah. So what happens, Joe, is, is of course, either you borrow a lump sum or a payment stream or just a line of credit that you can draw as you need it. And so then what happens is you don't actually make payments. The interest that you would have normally paid just keeps accruing and adding to your loan. And so then when the house is sold, let's say when you pass away, then whatever the uh, loan is, it gets paid off by the equity. And interestingly enough, Joe, if let's just say the loan is higher than the equity, the, um, the lender cannot go after the kids. It's non-recourse, non as you said, which means that it, the loan is only satisfied by the house itself. Now, that, that probably doesn't happen in a lot of cases. And the reason is because they'll generally only loan you about 50% loan to value. And, and the, the maximum value of the home is 625, which is the maximum FHA rate. So let's just call it 600. Easy. And there's probably jumbo loans. And, and yeah. full disclosure yeah. here, I know there's probably some mortgage brokers listening and saying these idiots don't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, and We're not mortgage brokers. We're yeah. just giving you some ideas to think about because there's products out there now that have enhanced. Right. And you might want to encompass some of this into um, your overall financial yeah, plan. Yeah, I, I think so too. But but I will say there's different areas, different counties have different maximum rates. But the I think the highest one is 625. A lot of well, lot I think of, it's based <laughs> on the growth, right? So I mean, it's, if you take a look at La Jolla versus Minneapolis, yeah, but it's it's based upon counties, I think. But anyway, just to give you a quick example, let's say the maximum rate were 600,000. Just to do an easy example, even though your home is worth a million or two, they'll just they'll they'll count the maximum FHA rate, and then they may only loan you half of that, let's say 
$300,000. So that's, if you're trying to get a lump sum, that would be approximately the amount. Now, the older you are, the more that they will give you because then uh, actuarially you've got less time to live. And the younger you are, let's say if you and your spouse are 62, it might be even less than that. But that's, you know, that gives you an idea of the numbers here. So there's the bad news, right, when it comes to reverse mortgages, is that you got a couple of idiots like us talking about it that we don't really sell and understand the product on <laughs> to its full degree. We try our best, though. Um, the, let's see. Historically, a lot of people use them poorly. Uh, there's a ton of misunderstanding, compliance issues. Uh, there's, you know, w- w- when you look at compounding, interest rates are not ideal, because those compounded interest rates are, are compounding in your equity. Yeah, right? and they're, they're higher interest rates than you would normally get with a mortgage loan. And then there was a, a lack of research on using the reverse mortgage and what was like the ideal or the best strategies to take a look at. There's negative perception on it, overly aggressive marketing um, by you know mortgage companies and so on. And the product and regulations, they keep changing. So how do you use a reverse mortgage properly? This is by Dr. Fowl. All right. Okay. So a few different things here is that, well, let's see, you can, there's a strategy to defer your social security. Yeah. So let's say I want to defer my social security to age 70, but I need some cash flow because that deferment of social security is going to increase that social security benefit by 8%. Once I reach my full retirement age, it's called a delayed retirement credit. Well, Hey, you know, and that's guaranteed by the federal government. That's, that's a pretty good deal, but I would love to delay to age 70, but I need cash flow. Yeah, so here's a way to get cash flow. If you don't have any other savings, you get this home equity line uh, on a on on this reverse mortgage and and pay for your bills that way. That's that that's a great strategy, Joe. And then plus Social Security. Worst case, only 85% of it's taxable, so 15% is tax free federal. And by the way, it's all tax free to state of California. So if you can get those those amounts up and higher, you've got a you've got a, a, a tax efficient income stream for the rest of your life. So you're taking a loan, let's say at four percent that you don't necessarily have to pay back if you didn't want to utilize the equity in your house anyway. Right. Right. So the loan is at four and you're getting an 8% credit on the compounding of, um, and then plus whatever the COLA is on your Social Security. Yeah, so it's, it's, that, that it's, might, that, it's, that, it's it worth a look. Out. Yeah. Um, cash flow management. And so that kind of goes hand in hand is that, all right, well, maybe you flip your traditional, which we talked about, you, you flip your traditional mortgage into a reverse mortgage that when that would free up some cash flow. So you don't have that monthly mortgage payment anymore. Yeah. Like maybe your mortgage is 300,000 and you just pay it off with a reverse mortgage and you don't have any payments anymore. Uh, tax efficiency is one. So Roth conversions, um, and tax efficient withdrawals. So if you're moving up your taxable income to certain levels, uh, could it be better to withdraw from your home? Um, and so, and because the loan that you receive from your home is, guess what, tax-free. Right, because like it's, it's borrowing. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's a loan. So the IRS doesn't classify a loan as a taxable event. So that income, you know, quote unquote, is tax-free. Your, your loan that you're taking from your equity from the house is tax-free to you. So then, well, now I have cash flow that I can live off of. And then I'm utilizing other strategies, right? I might take some of my retirement accounts and convert those into Roth IRAs because my taxable income is fairly low. Yeah, so let's let's see. So you're in a low bracket because you're living off your home equity loan. So therefore, you can do a Roth conversion, taking money out of your 401k IRA, converting it to a Roth, which is counted as income. You pay tax on it, but maybe you do enough of a Roth conversion to fill up the 10 and 15% bracket, maybe some of you the 25% bracket. So you're paying taxes on it, but at lower rates. And then later on, when you withdraw money out of the Roth, it's all tax-free. Right. And so you look at this, and you I mean, you have to run the numbers here. This is where it gets a little bit more complicated. 
complex, is that, hey, maybe I take out that reverse mortgage, right? So I'm living off of those dollars. I'm letting my investment assets continue to grow. I'm taking the tax deferred assets that I have in my retirement account. I'm going to strategically convert those into Roth IRA. So all of those assets will continue to grow for me tax free, right? And so it's it's running these numbers, but yeah, your equity is going to get you know chewed up here in the meantime. But your other assets are continuing to grow, right? So then you you have a larger nest egg um, if you want to then give more to the kids while you're living versus saying hey you get the house if you want to give more to ch I mean so there's different ways to look at this. It's utilizing your entire net worth for your overall strategy, and then once you put tax into the equation, Al, I think that's where people will get surprised of actually how cool some of this stuff could actually work out for them. Well, no matter what their net worth is. I, I think you're right, Joe, because when you think about this, when you're pulling money out of this home equity loan or this home equity loan line of credit, it's not taxable. So you can stay out of higher brackets. And now it's all about gaining, maintaining, uh, or getting control over your taxes. Because if you think about it, if all your money is sitting in traditional retirement accounts, it's all 100% taxable. And for a lot of you, that's where the majority of your savings is. If there are a way to get control over your taxes, and the home equity loan can be a tool if you utilize that with other strategies so that you can pay less taxes for the rest of your life. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing to me, Joe, that not a lot of people are getting this information. There's, there's a lot of ways to reduce taxes in retirement, but so many people focus on just your investments, which of course are important, but taxes are equally important. All right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner uh, with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being part of the show. Yes, we appreciate your listenership each and every week. Yes, sir. Um, we're going to get to some email questions here in a bit, uh, but you got some hodgepodge potpourri versus. You know, <laughs> I do actually. These we got great articles that we go through with our crack research team. Yeah, I actually got a good article this time, Joe. This <laughs> this is a fairly big news for those that work and live in California. So Jerry Brown, this last week, uh, just signed into legislation. Uh, a, a new bill uh, that will, uh, it's called the State's Secure Choice Plan. And what that does is that will allow those that are working for companies that don't currently have retirement plans to actually get on a state retirement plan. This, uh, it's expected to cover about 1.6 million workers uh, in the first year alone. Uh, and ultimately, about 6.8 million workers in California will be eligible. And what it is, by the way, but is... But they're already eligible for a retirement account. Yeah, but, but you know what? why this is significant? Is, yes, they are, but no one does it because, because of the whole concept of you get your paycheck, and then you spend it, and you're going to save the difference, and you never have anything to so save. So this is coming directly from the paycheck. It is. So it's coordinated with the employer. That's what, and it's, that's what's going to make this different. Now, it's, it is using the Myra, uh, which... Hoorah. <laughs> it's the it's the Myra, my IRA, uh, which was introduced by President Obama a few years ago. And interestingly enough, remember in the his uh, is in one of his uh, uh, State of the Union speeches, it was going to be the greatest thing to save retirement plans. I'm I'm am going to guess this was like four years ago. Anyway, I got the stats. 
There's 15,000 accounts so far. 15,000? That's it? That's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it didn't catch on. But State of California is going to start with the Myra because it's there and available. And, and All oh, right. So let's, let's kind of take a step back here is that um, you work for an employer. You want to save for retirement. They don't have a retirement account. Yes. However, you do have an account available. You can open up a Roth IRA you, you or can. a traditional IRA, $5,500. Sure but then you would have to go You'd have to and do open yourself. that yourself. Right. You would have to, oh, my gosh. Get online, yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> and, push and actually, and actually, put money in it, yes. right? So here, here's how this would work, and it would start the first year with employers with a hundred employees or more that don't currently have a retirement plan, and this is an opt-out plan, so you have to do it unless you say, you know what, I don't want to do it. So a lot of people won't know the difference, so it'll just start happening. And uh, some people think this will start at about 3% of your pay. Other people think it'll start maybe at 5%. We'll have to see. It's still being determined. But at any rate, uh, it's, a, it's a way for those that work for an employer that don't have a retirement plan, have a nice, easy, simple way to get money into a MIRA, which, by the way, has the same rules as a Roth IRA in terms of you can put in $5,500 per year. And if you're over 50, you can do $6,500. The difference is the investment, right? With a, with an IRA or individual retirement account, you can buy stocks, bonds, mutual yeah. funds, ETFs, whatever. Right, right. With the Myra, you're buying treasuries. You're buying U.S. treasuries. So they're, they don't really make very much money. They're, they're secure investments. Now, when the account gets up to $15,000, you are required to roll it out to a Roth. And, of course, then you can pick any investments you want. So is that still going to be the case with these um, Employer plans? Well, that's a good question. Uh, it, this article didn't talk about it. But... Right. So let's say, um, so I'm, I'm going to work for this company for the next 15 years. Yeah. And I want to max it out, 5500 right. bucks. So three years. Three done years, it. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what they're saying is that within three years, they're going to have their own plan. So they're just going to roll it into that. In other words, the state of California, state of California is going to have a plan. So we're just piggybacking on the federal MIRA plan at this point. Temporarily. Yeah. We come up with, let's do, with another retirement account because there's not right. enough. That's right. There's a Keogh plan. There's a SEP. There's a Simple. There's an IRA. There's a 401k. There's a 403b, TSP, 457. Yes. Right. Like, you want me to go? Uh, ridiculous. <laughs> let's let's get another one. <laughs> let's, well, just, let's throw another one in there. But, do I have the MIRA or yeah. do I have the Kyra? <laughs> But why this is significant, Joe, is that it's a it's a kind of a forced savings right out of your pay, it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. We talk about that pay yourself first. It's very hard to do when you just try to save money after you wait till month end and see what's left over because you'll find ways to spend what's in your checking account. But if it comes out of your your paycheck before you even see it, out of sight, out of mind, you don't miss it. And that's why this is, I think, a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And then, and then within probably, it says about four to five years or so, four or five years, then they're going to get it down to employers that have um, uh, five or more employees. So this, this will cover a lot of companies. Well, I hope what happens here is that the federal government or the states will say, instead of the 5,500 rule, let's get it to the 18,000 That rule. would be fair, And then it? the catch-up to get it to 24,000. Mm -hmm. Because in my opinion, I think more and more of these small businesses are not going to, they don't want to hassle with the 401k plans at all. They right. don't want to deal with it. And then most of these you know, smaller employers went to these brokers to set up their plans. Right. Right? 
And how the broker gets compensated is, you know, through the fees and commissions of these plans. And so the brokers are not going to go in there because they're not going to be compensated to set up the plans because the fiduciary rule, which I am a full believer in. Sure. Uh, but I think there's a double side to that is that, all right, well, here, I don't want to set this plan up because I'm not going to get paid on it. And then the employer has to do all this due diligence. And, you know, with uh, look at all these employers, these big employers now that are getting sued, you know, by the employees. Sure. I mean, right. brokerage firms are suing Right. Like Morgan Stanley. They're suing Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley brokers are suing Morgan Stanley because the 401k sucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so what, another benefit, I guess, if you're an employer uh, is there's no, no match, no required match. So this won't cost the employers anything other than a little bit more administration because they got to run this through their payroll. Right. And so if they can get it up to a reasonable amount where you can mm -hmm. defer. Yeah. I think then that's a that, that's a step. I guess we're moving in the step. Yeah, the right we're moving in the right, right direction. Interestingly enough, Joe, California was the first state to investigate this concept, but others have already in, uh, enacted this: Illinois, Maryland, Connecticut, and Oregon, to name a few. And uh, hopefully, other states will get on board, and maybe hopefully, we'll have a federal program that's just consistent. And I agree with you because if a four hundred one k is eighteen thousand dollars, and if you don't work for a company that has a four hundred one k, why can't you put in eighteen thousand? Exactly, and I don't want the federal government in there too because it's only going to be treasuries that you can invest in. Well, it, and, right, it, and so it, let's yeah, say you know, it needs I'll, to be something different than that. Yeah, like, yeah you got to have choice. You got to have. You know, hey, I, maybe I want to go 100% mark. Um, you know, take out market risk. Yeah, and, and if you're in your 20s, do you really want to be invested in no, T bills? No, of course not. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you. You want to invest in something that has a higher expected rate of return, more volatile, yes, but higher expected but it's a rate of return. That you're not going to touch it for you, 40 you, years. I mean, yeah, right. unless you blow yourself up by you know pulling it out early and right. you know paying penalties and everything else. Sure. So the government has already done enough of, um, I guess, you know, guarding us against our money. Right, and saying hey, oh, I mean, against our four hundred and one k monies, by saying hey, if you do take you, it, it is your money. If you take it out, that's fine. But we're going to heavily tax you and penalize you. Right. So sure, if you want to take that fifty thousand dollars out to do whatever you want, you're going to pay twenty five grand in tax. Roughly. Yes, that's right. Got to take a break. Show's cut your money or wealth.